to Through the Eyes of a Millennial, a special podcast series created for our young adult ministry as they begin to navigate new, important, and uncharted chapters of their life. Throughout this series, we'll explore some of the big changes that might be taking place in your life, from navigating college life to dating, the New Age Church, and living in the Word. Learn how your relationship with God will grow and evolve as you experience these milestones in your life. In this episode, we will be joined by Kayla Caples and Taylor Scott, members of our young adult ministry, who will help us to explore the New Age Church and answer the questions that are important to them. Hello, we are here today with Kayla Caples and Taylor Scott. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into our discussion, Taylor and Kayla. Okay, I'll go first. My name is Kayla. I have been at Lily Grove since I was in my mother's womb, so (laughs) I am 28 years old. Um, I love this church. I'm involved in four different ministries. I'm in the global ministry. I'm in the young adult ministry. I'm a greeter. And I'm also a part of the Esther Circle. Hi, everyone. Like I said, I'm Taylor again, much like Kayla. I was here in my mom's womb, so I grew up here all 25 years of my very still young life. Um, (laughs) Right now with the church, I'm involved with the membership community and the young adult ministry, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, It's been truly a blessing just to be able to not only live, but grow through Pastor Anderson's tutelage and basically experience the growth of the church my entire life. Wonderful. Let's talk a minute about what the church looks like now as opposed to what it looked like when you were children. I remember when Victoria, my daughter, was was younger, was a little toddler, we were in the grocery store, and she was just whining and crying and carrying on, and I was getting aggravated because her shoes weren't tied, and I asked her to tie her shoes. She was just learning how to tie her shoes. And so I bent down to tie her shoes. And then I realized how big the world was from her perspective. Mm-hmm. While standing up where I was, the world looked one way, but getting down where she was, the world looked another way. So how does Lily Grove look now as opposed to how Lily Grove looked when you were growing up here? That's really good. So as a child at Lily Grove, um, I feel as if my parents put it to where I, they made a priority for us to come to church. So like vacation Bible school, Sunday school, and just being a part of Lily Grove as a whole with the youth ministry and everything. And it was kind of like something that I had to do and I just knew I had to do it. Mm-hmm. But now as a young adult, it puts me in a place where all the things that you talk about, I actually have to apply it to my life. And it's not just my mom, waking me up and saying, it's time for you to go to church. It's me setting an alarm and pushing myself to go to church. It's me setting up myself and ministries that align with who I am. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, um, as a child, Lily Grove was the only church that I knew. So it was extremely interesting for me, not only to get older and have to try to find a church home that was similar when I went away to college, but also to come back and to see Lily Grove now, right? 
Um, I think I sort of left right when we were on the verge of breaking ground for the new sanctuary. And I actually mentioned this to someone yesterday at the brunch, um, like looking at the Legacy Church from where we were standing and to see the growth of Lily Grove, um, like remembering the first Sunday services that we mm-hmm. would have in the mm-hmm. evening. Right. And I remember I actually walked up there to, to make my profession of faith as mm-hmm. a kid mm-hmm. at one of the evening services. Mm-hmm. And to see now just the congregation and like the vast differences that we have amongst our congregation, it's just different. But it's it's a beautiful thing because I believe now to be a young person and to be able to grow with the church, you see how God can Mm -hmm. move through a ministry that centers God, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's just... It's, it's a blessing to be a part of something where Pastor Anderson has led us for so many years. I remember when Pastor Anderson had a little bit of hair on the top, you know, <laughs> in the old Why you want to bring all that up? <laughs> but, it, you know, it's been great. And just mm-hmm. to be able to come back and bring my friends and people say, wow, we're such a big church, but we still have that sort of family mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. vibe with us, like orientation. Everybody knows everybody. And, yeah. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it makes us still stay sort of set right. apart from mm-hmm. the other churches. Out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it does. People have, like, seen us grow up. They're like, yeah. oh, I remember you were, like, toddling around. And now you're, like, all grown up. Mm-hmm. It's, like, mm-hmm. great to have that feeling mm-hmm. here at this church. That's, that's how I know I've been here a while. Because y'all weren't even born when I came to this church. No, and we weren't. I no. christened you as babies and baptized you. And yeah. now you, y'all telling me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm in here because y'all telling me what to do. <laughs> um, how, do you, how do you, as a young adult, stay connected and grounded and rooted in, in under pastoral leadership and as members of the church following and doing what you do in your various auxiliaries? I know... As a young person, there's a whole lot of other things that's going on yeah. that, you know, that you're involved in. And, and that's a good thing. You know, I've been 25 years old, 12 months. Mm-hmm. I know what it means to be 26 and 25 years old. Yeah. But most of, my, most of my life, even my young adult life, has been spent in church. I've never had a young adult life to speak of. As I've mentioned to the church on several occasions, I've never had an opportunity to experience uh, plant-based substances. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I've, been, I've been doing church all my life. But how do you keep yourself? I, I heard you say you set your own alarm and you mm-hmm. motivate yourself to come to church on Sunday morning. What other kinds of things keep you rooted and grounded in what we're trying to do here? Um, well, I would say first I want to say that I tell everyone all the time that young adults are at this weird stage in our lives. It's at this stage of our life where we're like, we can depend on our parents and we're not into that teaching anymore. And we can also move and do our own thing. Like, I don't have to come to church on Sundays. I don't have to be in four ministries. I don't have to do those things. Mm -hmm. But I choose to do those things because God has been good to me. I mean, yes, I still have fun. I still go out. I still um, travel and party and all those things. But I also know where I'm rooted and also know who wakes me up and who mm-hmm. also gives me a job to provide for me to do those things. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like 
what motivates me to do that is to be an example okay. to not just me, but to people in my family who mm-hmm. aren't grounded like that and people that I work with and people like all of my friends. And even in church today, like seeing they see like, oh, I follow Kayla on social media. You know, she's out doing this and then she's also in church and she's also helping out in ministries. You can have that both balance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's what keeps me motivated to do the things that I do here. Pastor, I think that's a good question because staying grounded for me just looks a lot like knowing where my center is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, For me, um, I've sort of gone through this phase in my adulthood as well where the God that I grew up to learn about isn't the same God of my understanding, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because life sort of throws these challenges where, okay, the little girl that believed in God and like he did all these miracles, I need a miracle to happen right now. (laughs) So like who, you know, what, what, who is this God that I serve? But Mm -hmm. also like, as we grew up and had those things, like Kayla mentioned, the vacation Bible school, the youth ministry on uh, Saturdays, and being able to not only learn scripture, but also apply it, right? Mm-hmm. For me, that that sort of, it's reminiscent of like hiding those words in my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't just rely on knowing that if I scroll on Instagram and I see somebody post a scripture, like that might resonate with me throughout the day. But what I really find resonating with me is sometimes those sermons that I hear on Sunday or even some sermons that I can recall pastor Mm -hmm. preached years ago Mm -hmm. and be like, oh yeah, he did say that, you know, like he talked about the shack bully too, but you know, (laughs) just all types of stuff. But just remembering like, my the theology that I was grounded in as a child over time it evolved into something that made my relationship with God a little bit more personal right so with that I have to ensure that although I'm coming to church on Sundays and although I might be starting my day off with like a old sermon on YouTube or streaming something I have to be intentional with my time that I spend with God on a day-to-day basis, right? Yeah. And for me right now, a lot of that is different because I'm working a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm in the healthcare field and having to wake up and really, you know, set my time with God, put my phone aside and say, okay, let me get in the Word. Let me read something or let me go over some notes that I have from the sermon that Pastor preached on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That really helps me stay grounded because... Yeah. These outside influences are real. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot oh of God, bad about theology right. out there. It he really did. Is. It it really he is. talked about it today. It and really sometimes is. I even find myself with friends like, wait a minute. No, that that didn't happen. <laughs> like, right. that's not biblical. <laughs> right. But, you know, sometimes with with knowing in mind that you may own, you may be the only Bible someone reads, you right. also got to come correct with right. that. Right. Know? So I got to know in order to be able to tell you. Right. But mm-hmm. I'm grateful that my shepherd knows and mm-hmm. I can follow what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You right. Know? You you mentioned, uh, Taylor, and, and I want to uh, highlight that the God of your youth, the God you knew as a little girl and the God that you have to know now where is that God now as opposed to the God you grew up believing? Mm-hmm. It's a matter, I think, of when you're a child, there are unquestioned answers. Mm-hmm. And as you grow up, there are unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. And those two are not diametrically opposed to each other. That's how you grow your faith. That's how your faith is, is developed. Because you had to 
take whatever you were told because you were a child. And now that you've had some life experiences, some challenges that, that your mom is not there, your pastor's not around, mm-hmm. you, your Bible is in the car, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some situations and stresses that you have to deal with. The, 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 the God that was, that was small and tiny in those days now has to be a bigger God right. because you're a bigger person. You've grown in your faith. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I understood mm-hmm. like a child. But when I matured, when I became a man, I put away childish things. And of course, I know that being a young adult does not mean that all of the stuff is put away. You're putting it away. You're shelving it away. And the older you get, I I suspect, the more and the more challenges you have to go through. You have to, I think, you have to deal with some, some, some unquestioned answers and some unanswered questions. And taking, taking, just taking it in, you take it in in Sunday school, you take yeah, it in in youth right. ministry, yeah. you take it in on Sunday morning. Well, those are good things to take in and apply to your life, but they're theoretical yeah. until the challenges come. Right. And then you have to really, really, I think God gives all of us an opportunity to see whether or not we believe everything we've been taught or we right. believe everything we say. And a whole lot of stuff uh, that we've been taught People meant well, but they just gave us some some bogus information. They didn't intend to mislead. They didn't intend to tell us anything false. You know, uh, I heard them saying in my youth, in my growing up, if you make one step, he'll make two. Well, suppose I can't make a step. (laughs) And God helps those who help themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, suppose I'm challenged, you know, physically or mentally and can't help myself. Then what's going to happen to me? So it's those kinds of things that I want you to... uh, say some more about as it relates to how you trusted trusted the God that your parents brought you to church to as opposed to the God, not in, not as opposed to, but uh, in comparison to the God that you now know. He's the same God, yeah. but you're a different person. Right. Um, I would say I did not get to that point until I actually got into my career. And I say that because growing up, it was like I always knew what I was going to do. Like I was going to go to school. I was going to go to college. And then right after college, I talked about this in our Tuesday class. Right after college, I hit that point in my life where I'm like, okay, what am I doing next? Mm -hmm. And my relationship with God was kind of like far than where it should have been. And so I had to depend on him like, okay, where am I going to go next? Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to go into PR. And God was like, no, I'm going to humble you, and I'm going to put you at Texas Children's at a communication center, and I want you to answer phones with your communications degree. And I'm like, okay, but that's not where I want to be. But in that, he created a job for me, the job that I have right now. And without that teaching I had in that communication center, mm-hmm. I would not be able to do my job today. I would not be able to see his hand over my career, over my finances, mm-hmm over the things that I do in this church because mm-hmm. what I do at work right now is kind of similar mm-hmm. to all the ministries that I do in church. Mm-hmm. So it took me to know the God that my mom talked about every day, the God that I heard on Sundays, mm-hmm. and actually say, okay, I need you and I need you to guide me here. Mm-hmm. And that took <laughs> some time of because course. you know you're you're in the point where you're like, I want to do this on my own, mm-hmm. but I can't do it on my own. Right. Yeah. I have to have him to 
lead me, to mm-hmm. order my steps, to mm-hmm. do those things that you talk about. And I, I joke about this all the time. I'm like, Pastor Anderson says all these things all the time. You know, we grew up and I'm like, you know, I'm in the back, I'm talking, or I was on a little ushers ministry <laughs> and I wasn't paying attention at all. And I'm like, man, <laughs> what he was talking about was for real. Yeah. Because I need that every day. Right. I, I literally wake up and I can't do my job without reading my Bible every day. Right. I have to have time with God every day to be able to do my work right. right. Because I'm like, Lord, I'm messing with your kids. And sometimes they're not doing what they were supposed to do and to help me with my job. Right. So to keep me sane, I have to get in my word every day. Mm-hmm. I have to spend time with him and I have to have true relationship right. like you've talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been reading this book for a while and um, one of the quotes that comes to me when you speak of that is my belief meant reliance, not defiance. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's especially true right now for sort of like the age that I'm in because Everybody wants to be able to like freely express themselves, freely express their beliefs. Mm-hmm. But if we sort of are the people who don't necessarily do that as boldly as others, mm-hmm. we're sort of presumed to be those that are defying ourselves or like right. defying what our own self-expression or right. liberation, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, my reliance on God had to become more powerful than just that kid with that childlike faith, sort of like that figment of this all-powerful being that could do everything versus knowing that if I'm if I'm talking about him, I know how great he is. Right. Like, don't tell God about your problems. Talk to your problems about God. And that's mm-hmm. so real for me today. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I transitioned a lot since just leaving the church and going off to school to now with mm-hmm. my career, with everything that's changed. But I think for me, it just took, took me like stretching my faith a lot more mm-hmm. to realize who God was for me and also to be okay with things not going as expected, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have all these lofty plans. I mean, I know I did. Um, like if I was 18 year old now talking to 25 year old me, I would have been a physician. I would have been in my own practice by mm-hmm. now because that's what I was taught my entire life. That's mm-hmm. what I believed my entire life. Mm-hmm. So when that didn't necessarily work out for me in the way that I thought it should, mm-hmm. then I had to realize like, okay, Taylor, like be real with yourself. Like, have you just been planning this and not really including God or have you been listening to where he wants to lead you to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So for me, my belief has became more of a reliance versus just like, okay, I'm a Christian, I trust God. No, I depend on God <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because right. I know like without him, I can't do any of this right. stuff. Right. Yeah, And just, you know, being able to sort of have that freedom and that belief and reliance also gives me a sort of peace like Mm -hmm. that peace that surpasses all understanding that's real because (laughs) I know when I was trying to do it on my own and beyond dependent and I wouldn't even say necessarily do it on my own right like God just wasn't in the place in my life where he should have been yeah and I was just so chaotic. Like, I, I tell my friends all the time, like, I thank you for being my friend throughout that time because I know I was a mess. Like, my parents knew I was a mess, but I was all over the place. But it's just because I didn't have any peace. Like, yeah. I just didn't know where I was going. I was mm-hmm. trying to do a million and one things. And I just thought, like, 
why am I so tired? Right. It's like, it because it's not you, Taylor. Like, right. you're not supposed to be doing this. Right. Like, yeah. you need to be depending on God and mm-hmm. trusting him to order your steps. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to do it yourself, girl. It's not about right. you. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think that that's okay. really been it for me. What questions you got for me in this yeah. segment? Okay, so... Um, we grew up under your leadership, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of kids who also grew up under your leadership. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask if you could encourage a young adult who grew up under your leadership and who was not active in their relationship with God today, what would you say to them? Who grew up under my leadership and they are not active in their relationship with God today. After I get through beating them with a belt, I would <laughs> say, <laughs> no, it's. Uh, everybody, everybody comes to to God and comes to faith in their own way mm-hmm. and in their own timing. the The sun, S U N, shines on all of us, mm-hmm. but it it shines on mud and clay. It hardens one and softens the other. Mm-hmm. Some people get it quicker than other people get it, and so. I would say to a young person who is struggling in their faith or who is not as strong as they ought to be in their faith, Mm -hmm. that if they don't feel the nearness of God's presence, who moved? Mm -hmm. It was not God. God has always been where he's always been. They have moved from their relationship with God. And so my, my word to them would be, God has not given up on you. God still loves you. There's nothing you will ever do to fall out of, that God will fall out of love with you. Romans 8, down after verse 28, we know we like to quote, we like to quote, all things work together for good to them, and that's a fantastic scripture to memorize. But down further, it says, nothing will separate us from the love of God. And the nothing that separates us from the love of God is not our love for him, but his love for us. Nothing will ever stop him from loving us, because God cannot not love us because that's who he is. And so I would encourage a, a young person who is who is not as close to God as they ought to be or they are not as active in church or they are not walking with God in a, in a daily relationship, that God will give you a chance to, you know, do whatever it is you think you need to do, sow your wild oats, go out there. God is not intimidated by your youth because God has been with you ever since. I mean, he's been with your parents. He's been with your mm-hmm. grandparents. So God, God does not, I don't think, I don't think, God does not plan my day. God knows what my day is going to be like because he knows everything. And so he does not make me stray away from him. But he knows that I'm going to do that. He knows I'm going to be disobedient. He knows. Like when I was growing up as a child, my mama would say, if if I did something wrong, my mama would say, if if Terry said my I didn't do that. She said, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But if he said, my, I swear to God in heaven, I put my hand on the Bible. <laughs> she said, he ain't doing nothing but lying. I know he did it because he, he, he going through all that dramatic mm-hmm. stuff. He just, he can win an Academy Award for all them lies he tell. But God knows us in and out. There's nothing about us that God does not know. Yeah. And so uh, even a person who strays away from him, it's, that's a struggle. That's and mm-hmm. It don't mean you're going to hell. It don't mean you're lost. It don't mean you don't have God on your side. Right. You just may have strayed away because there's so many distractions. Yeah. Yeah. There's really so many distractions. And there are so many voices on 
social media voices on TikTok that are very relevant and real. And a lot of the things they say is true. But a whole lot of the things they are, say, they are saying is couched in experiences that are not, uh, that, that, that do not come from a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Right. And as a Christian, we have a biblical worldview. And no matter what Dr. So-and-so is saying over here or what Coach So-and-so is saying over here or what uh, Imam So-and-so mm-hmm. is saying over here, yeah. what does God say? Right. Because m- my worldview is biblical. My my understanding of, I understand the world through the prism of my experience with God. Mm-hmm. And anything that is alien to that, you feel it and you know it. That's, that, that, that happens to a person who's, uh, who gets addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. The moment you take drugs, cocaine, uh, whatever the drug is, it goes immediately to the pleasure center in your brain. And your brain, your body, your brain knows it's a foreign substance. So it starts to immediately fight that substance off. And, and the addiction comes when you're trying to get back to that first high. And you'll never get that because your body is continually fighting that off. God has put something in us when we are saved that keeps us fighting off these foreign substances, these foreign ideas, these foreign concepts, these foreign ways of looking at life. And, and, and... To our detriment, we don't pay attention to the voice that God has put inside of us. It's called a conscience. All of us are born with it. Some people have learned how to ignore it. Some people have learned, the scripture says, they've seared it with a hot iron. And some people know that it's the right thing to do, but they say, well, you know, God understands. God does understand, Mm -hmm. but there's so much rope you're going to be able to be tethered to. Mm -hmm. God's patience will not always be God's patience. Right now, he's patient and long-suffering and slow to get angry and plenteous in mercy. But just because he's slow to get angry does not mean he does not get angry. Right. Uh, you know, you, you can know from your own upbringing that your mom and dad will let you go a long time. Yes. And then sooner or later, the role is called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they start to bring it up, all the stuff you did. That's true. And they start whipping you from stuff you did six months ago. So I would encourage a young person who is, who, is, who is not as close to God as he or she ought to be to stay right there because God knows where you are. He has not forgotten you. And when you're ready, when you make up your mind that you want, you want to stop flailing and fighting because a, a person who's drowning, they will drown you trying to save them. Yeah. So God lets you flail around and jump around. You know, you just like a fish flopping all over the place. And then sooner or later you'll come to the realization that I can't do this by myself. Like Taylor said a minute ago, I can't do this by myself. That's why I'm just wearing myself out mm-hmm. trying to figure all of this stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's too big. And, and in, in cases like this where a person runs away from God, as big as the problem is, your God is too small. Yeah. So you need a God that is bigger than your problems right. in order for you to be able to handle what that situation is about. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Pastor, I have another question mm-hmm. for you. In what ways can the young adult ministry be a positive impact on our church as a whole? I think I can. I I will be able, and along with Reverend Lewis and others mm-hmm. who are uh, in leadership in church leadership, help in that area by. 
making sure that young people, the young adults are more prominent in what it is that we do around the church. Because I'm, I'm, some years ago, I sat down with the young adults. I asked them what they wanted to do, and they said, the powers that be don't let us do anything. I said, you're talking to the powers that be. Tell me what you want to do. I stayed in that meeting two hours, and if you gave me your salaries and, and your 401K, sell your car, uh, rent one of your children, I still can't tell you what it is that they want because they was just complaining and going on and on. And I've come to realize since then that whatever you will not have interest in what you don't have investment in. Right. Yeah. And so we sure. need to have the young, the young adults have investment in ministry. You are mm-hmm. over this. This is yours. And sometimes you, you, will run, you will run up against, that's why you need us to interfere. You will run up against people who say, you don't need to be doing this, or we have, we've never done this before. Right. Uh, that's new and that's different. That, that's not going to work. Well, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we have that kind of, that you have that kind of influence because leadership is not making all, the de- making all of the decisions. It's taking responsibility for the decisions once they've been made. Yes. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fumble. You're going to do it wrong. Mm-hmm. But I fumbled. I did it wrong. I was, every time I go back home to Eunice, I wish I could wake those old people up and apologize to them for the crazy stuff I preached and the <laughs> foolish stuff I said and the ridiculous things I did, but they loved me through that. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to give young adults the latitude to be young adults because all of us were young adults. All of us were in our 20s and 30s, and many of them have gotten so old that they've forgotten about that. Mm -hmm. So I have to remind them, go sit down somewhere. We need to let young (laughs) adults be who they are because you will experiment, you will make mistakes, you will Mm -hmm. falter, you will... Uh, you know, I'll be looking for you. You'll be in Cancun somewhere. <laughs> but that's all a part of it. That's all goes yeah. into yeah. making young adults who they are. And and uh, I would encourage you uh, to make sure that in young adult ministry, it's not like children's ministry no more. Yeah. And the problem is they're still trying to treat you like you're in children's ministry. Yes. But you're no longer in children's ministry. Young, you're young adults. Right. And, and they try to talk to you like they talked to you when you were in... Miss Sister Tim's class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was... Yeah. Ages ago. <laughs> that was ages ago. <laughs> so I want to make sure, uh, Reverend Lewis and I will make sure that whatever we can do to facilitate you moving forward to get that, to get your ideas done. Because it, it's, it's not going to be interesting and, and, and it, it will not be sustained if you don't invest in it right. with your time. and with, Because where your treasure is, that's where, that's where your heart is going to be. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, for now, just even with the decision, I believe, that you've made, Pastor, to bring in Reverend Mark Lewis mm-hmm. um, to sort of be our shepherd as the young people. It's been amazing just to see what's been done over yeah. the past few months. Mm-hmm. Um I was telling him about this yesterday at the brunch. Um, when we started the study, I met so many people, so many young people mm-hmm. that joined Lily Grove during the pandemic mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. and they had never been to the church in person until right. we opened our doors again. And you know, just being a child growing up and kind of knowing everybody, then you see a familiar face or a new face, and yeah. you're like, hey, like. You know, how'd you get to Lily Grove? And they say, you know, I started watching Pastor Anderson on Facebook. 
looking. Mm-hmm. I heard about the study and I wanted to come mm-hmm. because I've been looking for something mm-hmm. like this as a young adult. Mm-hmm. So I think sort of implementing those things and just having um, a study or something to be able to allow us to get into the word will also allow us to lead by attraction rather than promotion, right? right? Which right. is yeah. a big thing. Right. And we do that a lot in our Tuesday study. I joke with Pastor Lewis all the time. I'm like, you know, everyone else says, my mom's in it too. She's like, oh, like we're reading the book, we're doing the workbook. I said, we do our own thing, but we stay on topic. Right, we stay on topic. <laughs> we stay on topic. Yeah. Like, yeah. we love it, just being open conversation mm-hmm. because we all go through those things in the same way, mm-hmm. but in our own lives. Right. So right. I love it right. so much. Thank you for listening to Through the Eyes of a Millennial. Through the Eyes of a Millennial is proudly presented by Lily Grove Global Ministries. We invite you to learn more about Lily Grove's young adult ministry by visiting lilygrove.org. For weekly sermons and teachings, subscribe to the Call to Joy podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. God bless you, and we'll see you at Lily Grove.